Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, and welcome back to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I appreciate you pressing play. Today I have a very, very special episode for you with our incredible guest, Shalina, from the Rising Woman Instagram account. She's an incredible writer and teacher about conscious relationships, and we are going to get into that very shortly. Before we do, I wanted to just presence what's going on um, in the collective right now. We are entering into a new moon cycle this weekend on the 14th, and we just went through the 1111 cosmic portal. So 1111 is a very magical and optimistic day and um, the energy of today, which is when I'm recording this uh, intro, um, is really powerful and I'm feeling a lot from the collective of a lot of openness. I feel like this year and even in the recent months, we've been moving through a lot of darkness and now is that time to really transmute that and to use all of the lessons and everything that has come up for us and actually create from that place. So we are about to enter into new moon in Scorpio, and this is really a time to connect with your deepest intentions, your heart's desires, your deepest why, to um really feel into the emotion of what it is that you desire to create for yourself. And then Scorpio is also about taking action and making that happen. So whether that's in your business, that could be in your relationship or your love life, it could be moving because I know a lot of people are moving around the country right now. So whatever feels true for you as far as inspired action, coming from that place of deep devotion and deep desire from within and getting clarity on that first, this is a beautiful opportunity and a beautiful time to do that. So tonight I am going to a new moon ceremony at one of my dear friends, Natalie Holbrook. Um, she is an astrology teacher and uh, teaches Psych K as well, or uses this tool, Psych K, to um, support with limiting beliefs and um, support you to manifest your desires. And I'm going over to her house for her first cosmic earth new moon circle. So you'll want to check out her um, information. She does online circles as well. I'm no longer leading new moon circles at this point in time. So I'm very happy to pass on the baton to a dear soul sister of mine who's doing incredible work of bringing women together in sisterhood and really reconnecting with the moon. So you can check out Natalie's work at Natalie Holbrook Wellness on Instagram. I'll include that link in the show notes. And um, yeah, just taking some time right now in this time of the new moon to get clear on what your intentions are right now and getting clear on a piece of inspired action that you can be taking in your life and on your journey. 
So today we have a special guest, as I mentioned before, Shalina Ayana, and she is a spiritual writer and the founder of risingwoman.com with over 2 million readers. They also have over 2 million followers on Instagram. Shalina facilitates online programs for women in the space of relationship and healing and has a couples course with her with her husband, Ben. Her book, Becoming the One, is scheduled to be released early in 2022. So I wanted to speak into the power of the work that Shalina is doing in the world. When you read her messaging around relationship and conscious partnership specifically, you'll start to get a very clear idea that there is a new way, a healthier way, a more connected way that we as a collective can be operating in relationships. And she's really providing the tools for deeper inner healing so that we can create better relationships, better, you know, romantic relationships and even relationships with others in our lives through doing the inner healing. So uh, Shalina says in this episode that a conscious relationship is actually an inside job. While two people are part of this, it's actually you doing the inner work and your partner doing the inner work and the two of you actually meeting in that space. And we talked about some really powerful different elements of conscious partnership and this path to what she calls becoming the one and um, really about processing emotions in a healthier way. Um, She talked about a really powerful healing tool called somatic experiencing. We talked about shifting from the masculine into the feminine in the relation in your relationships and within yourself. We talked about shadow work and um, inner child healing. So there's so much amazingness available for you here. And at the end of this episode, Shalina also offers a link for a free meditation that you can find on the risingwoman.com website, and it's a healing your inner child meditation. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to um, go check out her Instagram as well and her courses online. She is an incredible relationship teacher and um, healer. So that is what is coming your way. I hope that you're excited. And this is a really powerful, dynamic conversation that I'm excited to share with you. So as you go through this episode, take notes. You can always come back to it, listen to it again, and make sure if to tag us on social media. So you can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. You can tag Shalina at Rising Woman. We would love to hear from you. And also please head on over if you listen to this podcast on iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone, please leave a rating and a review that allows this message to get out to more women around the world to be really tapping into the feminine frequency and providing deeper healing. So if you can take just a couple minutes to do that, that would mean so much to me and enjoy the episode today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shalina to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and um, I've been following you for a long time and I'm excited mm-hmm. to share about like how I feel like all of this came into play to us being here today. But first I want to say welcome and you. have you say hello to our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. You're like the one podcast I'm doing in the last two months. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, it makes sense and I'll tell you why. So, um, 
before I started dating my current partner, I had been married and been divorced and then Mm -hmm. was going through my process of becoming the one, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about later, which is your, your, your current program. But like, I know that you had another program at the time and I was really in this discovery of, okay, what didn't work in my marriage? What role did I play? How do I want to show up in relationship? Like really re rediscovering what relationship means in this context of conscious partnership. And so I took one of your courses and it was super helpful. And, um, I following you and I made a vision board, which is not like something I normally do for manifesting, but I made a digital vision board and I was calling in my partner and I put a picture of you and your husband, Ben on there with like, I think he had his hand on your heart. Yeah. And I was like, that's how I want to feel. Cause vision boards are all about like, how do we want to feel? Right. Yeah. I was like, that's how I want to feel. Mm-hmm. And so my one of I think it was the first date that I went on with my partner now Nolan. Uh, he put his hand on my heart, and I was like, <gasps> "Like that's how I want to feel, right?" And it felt like really good. And I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." And then later on, he had seen my vision board, and he saw that photo. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now. So you were on that vision board, and I met you through a girlfriend of mine, Kate, and. Mm-hmm here we are. So the vision board (laughs) is like a two in one. I got to meet you and called in my partner and yeah, I just want to start by saying thank you for the work that you're doing and Mm. the programs that you put out just like really, really valuable. So thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful story too. I love that. Mm Oh yeah. That's so beautiful. And, um, Today for, you know, our conversation, I just want to really open up and have this be a real conversation around relationship and where we feel or where you feel like there's opportunities for women to really shift into a more empowered place as they either are currently in a relationship or they're in the dating phase and feeling either like frustrated about it, but just really giving you context for what possibility we have in relationship when we do this work. So maybe we can start with you sharing a little bit about like, what is conscious partnership and how does that differ to what we normally see as like conventional relationships or, or what we've known to be relationships? Mm-hmm. I always say that the only real difference between, you know, if you want to call it conventional relationship and a conscious relationship is that in a conscious relationship, both people are bringing awareness to their minds and their process rather than, you know, believing every thought that they think or, you know, every issue that comes up is about the other person. They start to explore what that might be about you know, their past, their past conditioning, what might be coming through. I think a lot of times people don't realize that their relationships are containers for healing. And so we get into relationship with somebody and then they trigger all of our past stuff. But because we aren't aware of that and we don't have that consciousness yet to our own wounding, we make it all about the other person. So it's all their fault. You know, they're a bad person. Conflict is war. You know, they're like, they become our opponent quite quickly. 
we do this uh, demonization in our minds of the other person. And uh, it's all the ego sort of protecting us, of course. And it's, you know, our nervous systems doing what it's, they've learned to stay safe. Um, but when we practice conscious relationship, what we're really doing is we're just becoming observers of our reactions, of our stories, of our fears, even, and the ways that we might want to self-protect or distance from love. And then instead of following through with that, we really bring it to the table. So we, we are more honest or radically transparent about what our minds are doing, you know, so we might bring that to our partner, like, Hey, I feel scared and I want to distance from you. Or, you know, my mind is having the thought that, you know, I should just run away from this relationship um, rather than, you know, quietly sabotaging. Um, so it really, I think comes down to, to honesty and awareness. Those are the two key points. And then the third being responsibility and, you know, responsibility for, your own emotions, your own mind, your own stories, your own reactions, and, um, you know, letting your partner have theirs as well, you know, um, which is a tricky one to do, no matter how conscious you are, right? Because we're, we're relational beings. So, you know, we impact each other. Um, mm. But those are the, the three things I would say that kind of, you know, in case what a conscious relationship starts with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for, for really clearly defining that. And one of the things that I've found in like really living conscious partnership is like personal responsibility or an emotional, um, yeah, ownership of, of letting go of the projection of it's all their fault and really looking within being honest with yourself. And then also that communication piece, because that can be really scary, the honesty, because we're afraid that if we share our truth and if we, you know, share what's coming up, that it's going to create more separation or distance in the partnership. So most people don't say that and they keep mm -hmm. it to themselves. Yeah, which is so interesting, right? Because I mean, I was just talking to somebody about this today, how some couples really do withhold or they don't share their truth or they don't bring things that are bothering them because they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to upset the other person. But then what happens is you end up building a ton of resentment and the passion is dead and you don't have any chemistry. You certainly don't want to have sex with each other anymore because there's just so much in the way and spoken. So, you know, it's better to just bring it, bring the truth, bring the honesty. But the problem is, is that we don't really, we don't really learn how to do that in a way that is responsible Mm -hmm. So we learn how to like blame and criticize and project and make it about all about the other person and what they're doing or not doing, but we haven't really learned how to just share, you know, what our internal experience is and, and to ask for what we need, right? A lot of times we can go into mm -hmm. a problem or a complaint and we know exactly what's wrong. But when you ask us like, well, what, what do you need or what would make this better? We have no idea. And so, I mean, that's like a whole other can of worms to go through, but I think, um, you know, really getting into that practice of being able to bring our truth in a, you know, a graceful and kind way to our partners and also to practice receiving their truth um, without taking it on is very important because we want to be free in our partnerships, you know, to be fully expressed and to reveal our minds and to have hard days. Mm -hmm. needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a piece that you shared um, specifically you know, around being able to, to speak your truth. And I think that, yeah, if we can get better at like not um, attaching onto the other person for safety or trying to control them. And, and there's so many behaviors and patterns that we do that 
prevent us from speaking our truth, right? So yeah, I'd love to hear more about, um, I, I wanted to read a quote that you wrote on your Instagram and I love your writing. I know that it's one of Thank your you. your gifts here um, and amazing as far as like teaching and explaining these concepts. Um, you shared in one of your posts that building a conscious relationship doesn't begin the moment we meet our person when we make the decision to make peace with our past, heal our relationship patterns and come home to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So thought that was really beautiful that, you know, this work can and gets to be done even before we get into partnership. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, conscious relationship is always an inside job. And I think that's what people miss is that you don't need a partner to do this work. Uh, and in fact, you, you're going to do all this work. You're going to get ready. You're going to be super conscious and like, know know all of your wounding and, you know, you're going to have it all figured out and then you're going to meet a partner and you're not going to have it figured out at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how it works because, you know, relationships are freaking hard. Let's just be honest. They're hard and, you know, not always, but there will be hard times and there are going to be times where all your tools and all of your consciousness and your awareness just goes out the window. You know, those moments are going to happen for all of us. Um, Not only that, but being in relationship is the closest to mirroring our childhood, right? With our first family, you know, our partners, they represent caretakers for us in our unconscious. And so there's stuff to work through that we don't even know is there to work through until it's there right? So we can do all of this work. And then once we get into that position, then there's more being fed to us from our unconscious and our psyches, from our nervous systems. And so we just want to be able to build that foundation, right? To be prepared to go into that um, or to start building it while we're in relationships so we can build more resilience. We can build more capacity for honesty, for, you know, trust and things like that. Um, So yeah, it definitely does start with understanding our own past, right? Because if we don't understand our own past, then we're always unconsciously looking for the pattern to repeat. And usually this is like a negative thing, right? Like we hear this all the time, like, you know, people always cheat or they always lie or there's no good ones or there, you know, there's blanket statements. There's the always never blanket statement. That's the unconscious repetition of the past speaking, right? That's the wound speaking. That's the wound saying, this is how I was hurt. And I believe that I will always be hurt this way. Therefore, there's a part of me that will never trust you, that will never let you in. Um, And so we want to kind of work with that a bit, you know, while we can, so that we can actually let love in more fully. And so that we can see the person in front of us. Because often when we're in relationship, once we hit the power struggle, I mean, the honeymoon phase is fun, very fun. But when you get into the power struggle phase and beyond, we stop seeing our partner and we start seeing the projection. We start seeing whoever from our past hurt us. We start to see, you know, all of the people that we're angry at. We see all of the people who wanted to hurt us or who betrayed us or who abandoned us. And we unconsciously or consciously even project that onto our partner. Mm. And so we're fighting a battle that we can't win and that they can't win because they can never make the past different for you. They can only be who they are now. And if we're both willing, we can really lean into that together and do healing work um, and see, see beyond the projection. Um, but we have to be willing to, to get that that's actually happening first, you know? And so that's why I think working with our past is important. It's not like we have to obsess over it and focus on it entirely, but to have that understanding of ourselves and what our own defenses might be 
will allow us to be more authentic in relationship now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the acknowledgement of the past needs to happen and and like there's so many different layers and depending on you know a person's level of trauma or abuse or um you know challenging relationships like we're not just coming into a relationship as this version of ourselves, right? Like we're going into a relationship as the previous versions of ourselves of all the patterns and all the programming that you've learned since you were a kid. Right. So at what point in your journey, did you start to turn in like in your personal journey to really turn and look within versus having this, like showing up with the projection or the, the external, like, yeah. When did you start to turn to conscious partnership? What was the shift for you? Um, in my 20s, in my early, early 20s, like 21, I, I was in a long-term relationship and that turned into a marriage and I got divorced in my mid 20s and that relationship ended in betrayal. So there was a lot of deceit um, that happened. So I kind of lost everything and my whole world was shattered in a way, even though I didn't really want that relationship anymore. And we, we really weren't meant to be together and I wanted it to end, but the way that it ended, I just was so taken off guard. I had no idea that that person was capable of behaving in that way. I lost all my money. I lost my business. My cat ran away, like just everything fell apart. And so I was at, you know, rock bottom, which was a really good place for me to be because it sort of allowed me to feel all of the things that I had never let myself feel ever um, which for me was a ton of childhood abandonment, um, a ton of loss, fear, betrayal, abuse, all of the things. And uh, it was at that point that I started kind of diving in deep. And I realized, you know, I wanted to be in a partnership with somebody who could meet me. I wanted to experience that, um, you know, divine, sacred experience in in relationship. And I realized that in order to do that, I had to kind of clear some of the work um, that was meant to be done with my mother. Um, And I didn't do it with her, but I, you know, did it in my own way with my mother um, to to heal my mother wound um, and realized that I had been projecting mother onto him and he had been projecting mother onto me for most of our relationship. Um, So it was really helpful for me to go through that process because it was then where I sort of realized how much I had suppressed all of my trauma. And I had just said, oh, well, you know, I'm fine. And so many people would say, well, you know, how is it that you're even here? Like most people who have gone through what you've gone through, you know, they're, they're having severe addictions. They're living on the streets. Like, how are you fine? And I would always just say, well, I just, you know, I just got over it, Um, which wasn't true. I didn't get over it. I just suppressed it and, you know, bulldozed through, which is, you know, a blessing and a curse. It's good. I'm surviving. Um, but at the same time, I'm not thriving in that space. So I think a lot of us come to that point, right? We hit rock bottom, we go into crisis, dark night of the soul, whatever it is. And that's when we wake up. A lot of us need that especially in the West, um, because we're so cerebral, mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time up here. And so we need things to like slam us back down to earth into our bodies. And, and that's what I needed. So that's what happened. 
Thank you so much for sharing parts of your journey. And um, one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Rebecca Campbell, um, she has a prayer that she says, and she says, I pray that you hit rock bottom so that you can crack open and let the light in. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful. I love actually holding space for women when they're in that place of transition, transformation, like kind of in this, this openness of like, I'm not who I used to be. And I'm also not sure where I'm going, but like, I know that something that's to change. And that, that moment when they're open for, for the light to come in and to really be honest and look. And I see this so often, you know, regardless of whether there is a ton of trauma or not, like this suppression of emotion of like not allowing ourselves to feel because we're never taught how to feel. We're taught, like you said, to be in our brains and to think and to get good grades and to be successful, quote unquote, which is all coming from the logical mind. So mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about that, of like really allowing the, the like releasing the suppression of emotions and, and what that process might be like for someone. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, um, from your own experience or from your teaching, something that you want to share about like where women can go to really access those emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big pieces of this whole suppression of emotion, it's ancestral. So I think, you know, before we even go to the tools, one of the things that's really helped me and that I believe most of us need to do still is to really reclaim our roots. You know, our ancestors did whatever they had to do to survive. They hurt people, they were hurt. And um, I think it, it's worth digging into our history and to find out, you know, who were our ancestors and what message did they carry and what do they represent? And, you know, what did they lose and what were they fighting for? I think it's really important that we go back there and that we start to reclaim that and so that we can feel connected again. Because when we're connected to our ancestors and we're connected to earth, then we're connected to our bodies, right? If we have forgotten that we come from somewhere, if we've forgotten that we're nature, then it's really hard to remember our bodies, right? And so to me, it's this very like cyclical relationship that happens and we do carry traumas and fears and stories from our ancestors, whether we are willing to or able to acknowledge it if we know at all. And so um, going back and really finding those roots can help us tap into that feeling. It might even make sense of some of the things that we're feeling that we can't explain. Um, and from that place, I think it gives us this really beautiful base of connection where no matter who we're with now, we know that we're held by our ancestors um, and there's more meaning to our lives. And from there, uh, I think it's really, really important to remember that you can never feel too much like your, your psyche and your body, like it's designed to protect you from going over the edge, right? Mm. So whatever is coming up is meant to be felt and emotions are just energy. They're just moving through you. And so if you just allow the energy to move through you, then it will pass through you. But if you don't, 
And if you stuff it, it turns into chronic illness, pain, exhaustion, headaches, you know, it's, you're stuck. It's stuckness. So I think one of the, the keys, since we are so cerebral is to talk ourselves into feeling sometimes to remember when, when we go out into the mind, we're feeling something, no, no, I don't want to feel this. This isn't right. I need to change this right away. Just, you know, tell yourself, no, this is actually safe. And if I allow myself to feel this, I might even get a message. And so what I like to do is, you know, close my eyes and place my hands on my heart and my belly and breathe and just let my body talk. Just let it talk. Um, and sometimes that, that means calling forth an inner child. Sometimes that means calling forth the inner wise woman. Sometimes that, that feels like tapping into that ancestral realm where something else is speaking and we don't really know what, but we're just receiving a message. Um, I do think that that intuitive spiritual awareness isn't a unique gift that only some of us have. I think we all have it. We just don't all have access to it right now because some of us are very blocked or shut down or frozen or scared. And that's okay. You can get there. Um, it's like a practice of returning to yourself over and over and over again. So really being in touch with when emotions arise, where do you feel that emotion in your body? And what does that sensation feel like? Can you describe it as a sensation, not just, oh, I feel sad or angry. Okay, so where, you know, and does it have a color and does it have a shape and does it have words and really get to know it. That's the process of rebuilding that connection to the body um, that I think is so powerful. And then we build more capacity. We build more resilience. Mm. Yeah, this shift that you're talking about of getting out of the mind, noticing when we're in the mind of like, oh, I don't want to feel like that. And then the shifting into accessing the emotions, connecting with the emotions, putting your hand on the body, like that is the shift from the internal masculine and feminine. It's like going from the cerebral trying to explain and understand everything to the feeling of it. And I love all these different like questions of asking, like, how does it feel? What does it look like? Is there a color? Where do I feel it? That brings us back into the present moment. And when someone is first doing this experience, it can be, like you said, it can be really scary. And I love how you shared, like, we can't feel too much. Like our, we're capable, our systems are capable of whatever it is that, that is coming up. And I do feel, you know, for people who are new to processing trauma or new to feeling your feelings, if you don't feel safe doing it on your own, that's where, you know, facilitation from a therapist or working with a coach who's trauma informed, you know, somewhere where you have a safe space to feel and allow that to move through can help move through it faster. Because I, I know what it's like. It's kind of like this fear of, oh my God, what if I get stuck there? Or what if it's so much that I can't function in my daily life because I, I let like opened the Pandora's box and it's all coming out because probably been suppressed for a really long time. If you aren't in the practice of being aware and present with your feelings. And one of the things that I've been working through lately is uh, especially with this past full moon cycle was really releasing this pressure and idea that my life and my relationship and my business will fall apart if I don't feel happy all the time. Mm. And so there's this story that, you know, my mind creates having a history of depression and really navigating through it and, and still navigating through it is like this idea that if 
that pattern runs, or if I go there, then my fear is that I'll push everyone away, push everything away, become avoidant. And like, there's this, this shame that there's something wrong with me because I'm feeling, and we never stay there forever is the truth. Like we don't stay there when we actually let ourselves process it. So yeah, this human experience is an interesting one and emotions are (laughs) a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, sometimes we do really need support. We can actually open up Pandora's box, like you say, and, and it can be overwhelming and it can be intense. I really love somatic experiencing work actually for that, because it's this way of helping your nervous system regulate and adapt in a healthy way to feeling Um, it's becoming more in tune with your body. It's regulating your system. And uh, I think it can be a really nice way to do that work in a safe setting because, you know, somatic experiencing practitioners, they train for many years um, just in working with your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful experience. So if you do feel like you need support, you know, get it, do it. Um, and if you can find someone who's a practitioner who can do table work, um, they've trained for even longer. And, um, I remember laying on a table, I did this for about a year straight and had these really beautiful experiences where, you know, my therapist was just like holding my kidney or holding, you know, my adrenals and my, my organs were literally telling me what they were releasing and I could feel patterns releasing from my body. Uh, and it was really potent and, um, you know, just laying there and then I'd go home and I would feel exhausted. Like I just worked so hard. And so it's amazing how much our nervous systems are working behind the scenes. We don't realize, you know, and sometimes we're exhausted all of the time and we don't know why. And it's because our nervous systems are actually constantly on the defense, but we don't even know that because that's been our mode for so long. You know, so I like recommending that work for people who maybe are dealing with something that they just can't quite figure out or they're having recurred experiences or reactions and they just can't seem to break through. Sometimes that's nervous system. And so you can't be too hard on yourself. You just got to get somebody to help you with that piece um, and it will move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how multifaceted this work is and Mm -hmm. how there are so many different modalities for moving through this process. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I love, I've never done somatic healing and I've I've heard really beautiful things specifically for people who have had quite a bit of trauma and it's like stored, it's like coded in your nervous system and we all have some form of trauma, right? If we're a human being walking on this earth, we have some form of trauma. Yeah. Um, And in my experience, I didn't get that because um, in this lifetime, I haven't had any specific like abuse, verbal or physical. Mm -hmm. However, like there's micro traumas or there's, you know, different types of traumas that we experience when we're younger. And it was very hard for me to understand, like, how do I have all these patterns when like, I don't have anything major that's happened in my life, right? Like my divorce was like the biggest thing that's happened. Um, And I'm super grateful for that. And also I'm still like, my trauma doesn't have to be, I used to do this thing where compared to someone else's trauma, right? And that doesn't serve anyone when we're like in that space. So I think it's such a unique journey for each person, for everyone. Totally. Um, yeah. And 
Yeah, super powerful. So thanks for sharing that resource. One of the things I wanted to talk about today was around shadow work and mm-hmm. how shadow work really plays into, you know, ourselves as relational beings. And um, you can share a little bit more about what that is and how we can use that. Shadow work is really, I mean, the, the term was originally coined by Carl Jung, and it's really about the process of looking at our unconscious. It's looking at that Um part of our psyche that we've, you know, denied, repressed, suppressed, ignored, rejected, um, the ways that we have adapted in order to receive love or, you know, win approval. And so um, when we're doing shadow work, we're essentially, we're, we're removing that external focus that everything exists outside of us, you know, and we're bringing it home. So what does that mean to come to bring it home, right? It's to, see the outside as a reflection of something that's occurring inside. So uh, by doing shadow work, you know, we can integrate and sort of bring together some of those parts of ourselves that have been hidden, laid dormant. So when we're integrated, we're fully expressed. We have the capacity to be soft and we also have the capacity to be boundaried, right? We have the capacity to listen and we also have the capacity to speak up. And so when we are not integrated, you know, there's an imbalance somewhere in our energy, right? So we might be overly fiery, just like we know how to be in anger. We know how to like, you know, be loud and project, but we may not know how to be vulnerable and be soft and be receptive. And so shadow work is really just about taking a look at, you know, what am I, what, are, what is my mask and what's behind the mask and what's the fear there? A lot of people who are very loud, and aggressive and intense are like the most sensitive people. That was my story, right? I was like very intense, very aggressive, very like, rah, because I was, you know, very sensitive and I grew up on the streets and I had to defend myself and nobody could see that I was soft or vulnerable, but then I just carried that forward into my life. Um, and then I wasn't really seen, you know, nobody could see the vulnerable, tender softness. And, you know, it's sometimes it's the opposite. Somebody who's really soft, really shy, really quiet. Like their fear is that they're too much, you know, and underneath it all, there's probably a big personality waiting to be seen. So that's an example of shadow work is just really getting in touch with what is behind the mask and learning how to step into that more, you know, and accept it and integrate it. Sometimes the things that we dislike most in other people is because there's either some sort of jealousy or comparison or, you know, a belief that, you know, that is bad. Like if we can't handle somebody who speaks directly or who has their fire or um, who maybe is, you know, expressive of their anger, because we believe that anger is bad, that anger is wrong, that anger makes you not nice. Maybe we weren't allowed to express our anger. And so we won't be able to be with someone else and theirs. We'll have very low tolerance for that. Right. Mm. Um, and it's the same with sadness, right? If we don't like the sadness that we feel, if we're disgusted, some people are disgusted by their own sadness, okay? It's disgusted by their own sadness, we're disgusted by their neediness, right? They really repel that. These are the people that are going to be really triggered by their little children who are needy, mm. or they're going to be triggered by other people who, you know, display helplessness of any kind, 
right? And so um, we can balance that when we start to tend to our own neediness and start to own it because it's been so disowned for so long that we can't even see it anymore. So instead of being, you know, disgusted or judgmental or pushing people away, we can say, hmm, I wonder if there's any of that in me. And then when you discover that, you can tend to it, nurture it, and actually begin to, to welcome it. And now you have more of a relationship to that other side of you. And so you have less repulsion or anger or judgment at others because you no longer have to push it away so hard because it's in you too. And you Mm -hmm. can be okay with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think this is a reminder, like everything's really a mirror for us, especially in relationships, not just romantic relationships, but really when we're triggered, when we feel a lack of acceptance, when we judge, when we uh, separate it it always comes back to especially when we're coming from an awareness and consciousness place of like where does this live within me why is this uncomfortable for me what is this triggering within me not from a place of making ourselves wrong or shaming ourselves or saying there's something wrong with us but really from a place of curiosity of if I want to be a more loving human being and have this expansive life where I have a divine partnership and I feel deeply connected in my relationships and I'm living in my purpose like this is the work that we get to do is looking at these parts of ourselves and um, being in the lifelong discovery of, mm-hmm. of who we truly are. And I, I really love that you explain shadow work as like becoming like the integrated, integrating all these different parts of ourselves to, to be more loving and, and accepting. Mm-hmm. And I think what's cool about it as well is that we just become more clear I think there's like a misconception of, around shadow work that, you know, everything that we experience is a projection or that every time someone triggers us, it's not about them. That's total bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's definitely about them. People do things that are not okay. And our body will tell us that, you know, mm-hmm. our body's going to say, absolutely not. That's not okay. And sometimes anger is called for it, right? It's, you know, that righteous anger is needed. Um, but when we haven't, made friends with our shadow and we haven't kind of gotten in touch with our own masks and our own defenses it's almost really challenging to be clear at all about what's a projection what's a judgment and like what's what we can trust we might just constantly push everyone away and criticize everyone and judge everyone and like always be distancing from everything um because we have no idea what's in us or we're so afraid of what's in us when we've kind of come home to ourselves in that way and we've settled in and we can own our own stuff it's easier to know when there's like a real red flag versus I just, I just don't like that person because they mm-hmm. remind me of X, Y, Z, you know? Let's yeah. Well, yeah. One of my favorite, um, this came to me a, a few months ago where like we look at the difference. Okay. What is the difference between like judgment and discernment? Mm-hmm. Cause like when we're able to discern like that, like when I check in with my system, like that's a hell no for me or that's a hell yes for me. Like, you feel it in your body, but then like when it's a judgment, it's coming from ego, right? Or it's coming from projection and past experiences. So us being so solid within ourselves to be able to recognize like, is this a discernment of just like, this isn't in alignment for me. And I'm like, this is not okay for me. Or is this a projection and a judgment? And sometimes it takes a while to like pick that apart and to get clear on that. Totally. Yeah. I think it's important to always, you know, honor your body and honor your boundaries and be discerning. And even when that's happening there, you can still do shadow work, you know, 
even if you don't ever want to have that person in your life. Cause sometimes people are just, they're reflecting something that is still pretty alive in us. And if we're feeling activated by it, um, then the question is, you know, do you want to be at the whim of other people all the time activating you? Maybe there's something here that needs to be welcomed. Maybe there's something here that needs to be loved, tended to, accepted so that you can still witness, you know, whatever it is that you're witnessing out in the world with less of a physical reaction to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of, you know, the healing work that we get to do before we just jump to another relationship or get out of a relationship, because often we take it with, if we're not doing the work, it's going to come with us. And whether the other person, the, the next partner you have triggers the same thing or something else, like that thing is still within us. So mm-hmm. we can be avoidant. And sometimes it is necessary, especially if there's any type of, you know, physical or verbal abuse to remove yourself from the situation. And there's also times where we get to like be in it and work with it and, and see what it's trying to teach us. Yeah, totally. Can't run away from ourselves, unfortunately. I know because I tried, tried for a long time. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one more uh, curiosity that came up while we we're talking. And, um, you know, I feel like with conscious partnership, at least the way that I view it is like, to people who are whole within themselves coming together to create like relationship. Right. I think in your course, you call it like the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people it's like God or the divinity of, you know, what we're creating together. But, um, I'd love just for you to speak a little bit into like, what does that look like for, or, or what does that mean when we say, okay, two whole people coming together, um, in, in, in partnership. Mm-hmm. I think, the philosophy of our culture is that, you know, you're half a person and then you go find your other half. Like we hear that a lot, like, Oh, my better half, my other half, or you complete me or whatever it is. And, um, you know, on some level, there's like this feeling of being broken or wounded or not enough or too much. And we're all looking for that validation and that, that love that we never got, you know, some of us, you know, did get that like perfect childhood, but you know, we're the exception, um, not the rule. And so many of us, most of us are seeking, um, that, that feeling of being whole and complete in another person. And, and it's really hard to get that because they're seeking that too. And they need different things and nobody can ever meet all of our needs. And they're going to have their own days where they could disappear on us or they could die or whatever. We can't guarantee anything in relationship. Um, And so it's this idea that, you know, you are already whole and complete and that you maybe don't need anyone to complete you instead Um, This other person can be somebody to walk the path with you. You can journey together, um, but it's not your responsibility to complete them, nor they you. And so we're taking the pressure off of the other person to be our world, you know, or for us to be their world. And it's this uh, declaration of being sovereign in ourselves that we are, you know, lovable and whole and complete as we are. And we are worthy of being loved without needing anything externally and that we can bring that love as well to others. Uh, So I think it's just a healthier way to approach relationship when we see, you know, I am my own person and you're your own person. um, And, you know, we are going to both have our own experiences here and let's, let's be, you know, playful and witness each other and love each other in those hard moments um, without needing to try to fix or change or complete each other. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I know when we look at relationship in real time in, in life, like there 
times where it feels that way. And there's times where we slip into patterns and it, it you know, I, one of the things that I've loved about your work is, is the realness that you talk mm-hmm. about in even, you know, after all of the work that you've done and all the wisdom that you have that like, you know, we're all human and that mm-hmm. you still experience times where you get triggered. And um, so I really love the authenticity of your work and appreciate what mm-hmm. you're up to in the world and how you share about it. And Thank would you. love for you to share where people can continue learning more. So for our listeners mm-hmm. today, what do you have available right now for them to continue on this journey with you? Uh, well, Instagram's a great place. So at rising woman, and then my personal is at Shalina Ayana. So you'll get a lot more dog photos if you follow me personally, <laughs> which I would say is totally worth it. Cause my dog's very cute. He's the cutest little teddy bear ever. Um, and you know, the website risingwoman.com, there's a free inner child meditation actually that you can download a, a digital audio download. And that was a process that I guided myself through for years and my, just in my own mind. And I finally decided, you know, I'm going to record this and, and, and create an offering for people. So that's totally free and you can download it. And I would love for you to experience it. Um, and, uh, there's, you know, free articles on the website and then we have programs. So you can go to programs and check out, we have a couple's course. We have becoming the one, which is all about building that foundation with yourself, coming home to yourself, um, preparing for conscious relationship, really uncovering what it is that you want from relationship, what you want to give. Uh, and I tell some personal stories in there as well of how Ben and I, you know, negotiated that process. And, um, then we have the path, which is our membership community and the doors open every, every six months or so twice a year. So it's closed right now, but you can join the wait list. And I love it because we brought together all of my favorite experts and teachers like Susan Anderson from the journey from abandonment to healing. I've recommended her book to thousands of people and she was one of our first guest teachers. Um, So we bring some really neat people into the space to do workshops and uh, we made it really accessible. So get on that list and that's where you can stay in touch. So many amazing, amazing things. So just mm-hmm. to recap, you've got your membership. So people can sign up for that for the wait list. You've got your free inner child meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a couples program and then also a program for women or people, women who are yeah. looking for um, becoming the one. So yeah. make sure to head on over to risingwoman.com, go to their Instagram and mm-hmm. yeah, just so grateful for the work that you're doing and mm-hmm. excited that we had an opportunity to connect today. Thanks so much. Thanks for thank having you. Us. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thanks everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Come on over, share some love with myself and Shalina on Instagram. You can find me at Amy Natalie Co. and Shalina at Rising Woman. And make sure to check out Shalina's website, risingwoman.com, for all the amazing resources that she has to share with you. Also, if you are not a member of my private Facebook group, it is free and I would love to see you in there. It is called The Confidence Collective and you can find the link in the show notes from today to come on over and join for free. There is an incredible community of like-minded women who are on their confidence journey, who are on their journey to integrating their feminine energy and essence into their life. And I would love to see you over there. It's where I offer a lot of free trainings and resources. So come on over and join me in the community and we'll see you on the next episode.